You're listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. Hey everyone, Judicial Watch President Tom Fitton here with our weekly update here on social media. Thanks for joining us as always. A lot going on, election integrity fights in court, new lawsuits about COVID, new lawsuits about the attack on your First Amendment rights by the Biden administration, new details on Clinton corruption, plus new details on Biden corruption, or actually not too many new details, but further admissions by the media that there is Biden corruption uh, that is well worth exploring, especially with respect to China. Uh, But first up, I got a spoiler for you. There'll be no slaps during this video. You know, and uh, I mean, can you imagine, I pointed out on social media, can you imagine if I got up on national TV and slapped someone, what would have happened? I'd be arrested. And, you know, not to make too much of a political point here, but it highlights how it's so frustrating, uh, you know, both in politics and in the entertainment industry, that you have these obvious violations of law, in this case, an assault and battery witnessed by millions of Americans, if not billions of the uh, people in the world by the time it's gotten out. And there's been no arrest. There's been no arrest of Will Smith. I would have been arrested. You would have been arrested. Anyone else would have been arrested. The regular guy on the street would have been arrested. But the L.A. Police Department is yet to arrest Will Smith. And, you know, there's a story there, and it highlights the kind of the double standard or the lack of justice uh, for some, while others... um, uh, have the book thrown at them, and uh, this is kind of part of the 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 accelerating decline in the rule of law, where you have uh, a vicious, violent assault by man out of control on national television, and law enforcement hasn't taken action on it. What what is it going to take? Would Chris Rock would have would have he had to fall down, or been injured further, or been killed? What's it going to take? really outrageous. Well, that all being said, I want to talk to someone else who's protected by uh, the Justice Department uh, and who hasn't had the rule of law fully applied to him. It's Hunter Biden. And we've had story after story coming out in the media. First, the New York Times acknowledged 17 months after the fact that the Hunter Biden laptop um, emails uh, were real emails. And it was a Hunter Biden's laptop indeed. Now we've had the Washington Post confirm that the Hunter Biden emails are Hunter Biden's emails. And they've had his laptop for nine months and they finally get around to reporting it. And much of the reporting is based on either what Chuck Rassley found more recently or what others have already found and confirmed through the laptop. And in this case, uh, the Washington Post highlights and focuses on Hunter Biden's interactions with the Chinese government, specifically a front for the Chinese government uh, called CEFC China Energy, as the Post reports have been previously reported, the financial arrangement. But over the course of 14 months that began during Joe Biden's presidency, the Chinese energy conglomerate and its executives paid $4.8 million to entities controlled by Hunter Biden and his uncle. So Joe Biden's brother was taking a piece of the action here. 
So the outreach began while Vice President Biden was still in office, and the money came through shortly after he left office. The new documents include a signed copy of a million-dollar legal retainer, emails related to the wire transfers, and $3.8 million in consulting fees that were confirmed in, a new, in new bank records and agreements signed by Hunter Biden. And they illustrate the ways in which his family profited from relationships built over Joe Biden's decades in public service. So why is this now being disclosed? I think it's, and I'm going to get into more details here, I think it's part of, um, there's this old phrase from the Watergate days, the modified limited hangout, which is the release information that is bad and may look Hunter Biden bad or James Biden bad, but is designed to actually protect Joe Biden. So when you read all these stories, they pretend in a dishonest fashion, there's no evidence Joe Biden was involved in these business dealings. In fact, they quote the White House to that effect, when in fact there is evidence. There's emails talking about um, and documents talking about Hunter Biden complaining about how he has to give 50% of everything he brings into to his father. Uh, there's other notes and emails talking about 10% for the big guy, famously. And then you have um, one of the business partners, Mr. Bobolinsky, said that, of course, Joe was involved. And, you know, when you're talking about bribery schemes, and this is what this is, it's a bribery scheme. I mean, he met with this Chinese official. Uh, so, so this major energy company essentially is a creature of the Chinese government. And that's just not me talking. That's uh, the Washington Post confirming it. He meets shortly after um, uh, this uh, company official, this Chinese company official. Biden and he meet shortly after Biden leaves office. Or Hunter Biden and the Chinese official meet shortly after Joe Biden leaves office. And this official sent a 2.8 carat diamond to Hunter and his hotel room. What is the purpose of that? Other than to be a bribe. And um, this, of course, had been already reported back in 2020, excuse me, 2019, because I remember reading about it in The New Yorker. So the Washington Post, after Biden's in office, reports that his son is getting a, a nearly three-carat diamond from a Chinese communist front, in addition to this nearly $5 million in transfers for he and his brother and his uncle, James Biden, Joe's, uh, Joe's father, uh, excuse me, Joe's brother. So this is a big deal because these monies obviously are not licit given their nature and size. Why are they giving all this money to them? I'm not, I've read through these materials. I've, I've looked at the Washington Post reporting. There's really no business reason for doing so. There's obviously political reasons. They're taking care of Joe or scurrying favor with Joe by bribing and providing illicit monies to his family members. And as I've talked about with uh, Rudy Giuliani, who is an expert on RICO matters, because he was the U.S. attorney who famously used RICO in an aggressive way and is a national expert on it and up against the mob, 
This is the, you know, he understands what bribery is and what you and how because he's prosecuted this. If you're a public official or a candidate, remember this this business op, this business operation was occurring not only with the Chinese but the Burisma and others, and you're getting money from foreign companies that are are affiliated with governments or have interests other than the national interests of the United States at heart. Why do you think that money's going into people close to a, a government official like Joe Biden? It's bribery. That's what the Clintons did. And Joe was doing it. So if you want to know, and re one of the reasons why they stayed away from Hillary Clinton's pay-to-play scandal in terms of refusing to investigate it, it's because Joe was doing the same thing. August 17th, there's a contract sta signed stated that Hunter Biden would get a one-time retainer of $500,000 and would then receive a monthly stipend of $100,000 with his uncle James Biden getting $65,000. The money began flowing almost immediately with the first incoming wire of $5 million in August of 2017. And they were going to set up this front here in the United States with this Chinese Communist Company. And they went so far as to kind of set up an office scheme for that sh where they would have this business relationship. In the office, you had the Biden Foundation and this Chinese front company being in the same office with Jill and Joe getting keys to the office. So don't tell me Joe wasn't involved in all of this. Again, all these records and pretty much all of this has been reported before. And what the Post is doing here is regurgitating previously reported material, further confirming other material or further confirming it with documents given to it by uh, Chuck Grassley and Ron Johnson over in the Senate. Now you may recall they were attacked for highlighting some of these improper foreign payments being part of Russian disinformation. So was Chinese money to Hunter Biden part of a Russia disinformation program? Is that the way it works? And they're pretending, as I said, that Joe Biden is involved. And this is the other scandal. This is the kind of the, the kind of overarching scandal here in the, in the kind of the immediate overarching scandal. There are, there, this is scandal within scandal within scandal, obviously, is the fact that Hunter Biden's under criminal investigation for all of this, Burisma, the China issue, uh, and kind of related topics. And the question is, well, how is it the Garland Justice Department how is it it's treating this like an ordinary case? Well, first of all, they've had this material, at least the laptop, since 2019. Now it's 2022, right? And there are special counsel regulations that are in place by the Justice Department that, so that when there's a, there can be a special counsel appointed when there's the appearance or an actual conflict of interest. How is this not a conflict of interest? to have the president's son in the least the target of an investigation and investig for a criminal activity that implicates his father. 
So Judicial Watch has been pushing for a special counsel. I'm not a big fan of the special counsel operations in the Justice Department, but those are the rules. We were told they applied to, uh, to Donald Trump and they appointed a special counsel, Robert Mueller, to harass him, even though there was no evidence of misconduct. And in this case, the president's son is under direct investigation. And still no special counsel. So that's why I talk about the modified limited hangout. They're saying, well, Biden's under investigation by a U.S. attorney in Delaware. And people have talked to grand juries and such. Well, my view is that's not appropriate. There needs to be a special counsel. And why isn't there one? The fact that one hasn't been appointed, and it's now year two of the Biden presidency, is a scandal in and of itself. The fact that the Republicans in the House and the Senate haven't made this an issue is a scandal in and of itself. The fact that Democrats refuse to address it is a scandal in and of itself. While Trump continues to be harassed by the same Justice Department and allied prosecutors and investigators for the left Democratic uh, wing of the establishment. They protected Hillary. They were protecting Biden. They were protecting Obama, who was uh, abusing his office to target Trump, while abusing, as I've highlighted, Trump. And if you want to know why Biden was while why Trump was impeached not once but twice, it's because he was willing to talk about this corruption. Now, Judicial Watch has litigation about some of these issues under FOIA. And we're going to continue and probably file additional Freedom of Information Act lawsuits as well. But I encourage you to communicate with whoever you can. And, you know, call the president. Call your senators. Call your congressman. Write letters to the editor. Tell your friends. Why is it there a special counsel for Biden corruption? There has to be a special counsel. Now, Matt Gates, the uh, Republican congressman in, uh, from Florida, he tried to, and I think successfully did, uh, he uh, put the, the, all the contents, allegedly, of the Hunter Biden laptop on the record in the House. He wanted to put it into the congressional record. And I highlighted that that would be Exhibit A for any impeachment inquiry of Joe Biden. You know, I'm highlighting the failures of the Justice Department to, I think, or the, the fact that we can't trust the Justice Department to fully investigate this as it ought to be done. And this is why you have this impeachment process as well to, uh, to begin uh, a full accounting for this. And you should be asking people running for office where do they stand on this. I'm not naive. It's not, there's going to be no impeachment under this Congress. Will there be impeachment under the next Congress, even if it switches power? I don't know. Just don't presume because Republicans take over, there'll be accountability and justice. I, I, we, we've been down that path before. And as I've highlighted, this corruption is a national security issue. Like, for instance, was there classified information on Hunter Biden's laptop? I don't know. His father was vice president. He was communicating uh, with the, his, his father about meetings with foreign nationals. I don't know what was going on there. Did they review it for classified information, the Justice Department? I don't know. They should. 
And as I've said before, we have a war in Ukraine that I think um, happened in part, not completely because of, but in part because people like Putin and uh, his, his cronies in the Russian government saw that the Biden administration was run um, by individuals compromised, namely Joe Biden. Remember, his son had received, Hunter had received three and a half million dollars from a Russian oligarch or the widow of a Russian oligarch. I guess she kind of inherited the money. And Burisma, of course, was a Russia-leading company. And it really doesn't matter one way or another, but they saw a president who was compromised. And of course, they, you saw all the Chinese money that was going their way. Just because the Washington Post is reporting it for the first time, it doesn't mean everyone else didn't know what was really going on. I'm sure you were aware of some of this. And you can bet Putin was. And so when he looks at the corruption in our country, um, you know, as a gangster, as the gangster he is, he's like, well, I'm just going to do what I want to do here because these guys are, you know, they're on the take. They know what I, they know I know they're on the take and they probably won't push back as much as they should. And I think uh, many would criticize the Biden administration for not pushing back as they should have against Russia. And if it were Trump, everyone would be saying well, it's because Trump was, was Putin's friend and Putin was colluding with him during the campaign, even though there was no evidence of that. That was a knowing lie and smear. But in this case, we've had these illicit transfers. That's why corruption matters. You don't want presidents credibly compromised. I mean, this is not a court of law. I'm not saying that President Biden did something that could be prosecuted. I think it's potential. But the point is, when you've got this evidence of corruption, it undermines confidence in our government and it causes leaders in other countries to look at us askance. And it creates instability. And in the case of Putin invading Ukraine, I think it weakened our position vis-a-vis -vis Russia. Of course, a few others will say, that, say it like that. But Judicial Watch is unafraid to tell the truth as it sees it. And of course, that's just my opinion, but um, I think it's borne out by reality. The other big news this week on corruption issues is uh, Hillary Clinton. The Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee, which is the corporate operator for the Democratic Party. So when you think of the Democratic Party nationally, you, you should think of the Democratic National Committee, uh, which is a key part of the party operation nationally. Uh, they agreed to settle a complaint with the Federal Election Commission about their hiding their role in the creation of the Steele dossier, the fraudulent Steele dossier. Now, the Federal Election Commission had received a, a complaint from a, a Dan Backer here in Washington, D.C. of the Coolidge Reagan Foundation. They received it back in, uh, back in 2018 uh, when it was uh, first known that, um, became known that Fusion GPS, who created the dossier for the Clinton campaign and Democratic National Committee, had actually done that for the Clinton campaign and Democratic National Committee. Remember, they lied to us and withheld the information that this dossier was a creature, a creation of the Clinton 
Demo- Clinton campaign and the Democratic Party. So the Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee gave money to this Perkins Coie, C-O-I-E, uh, to pay Fusion GPS to create this fake dossier. And it was fake. They all knew it was fake. Uh, it was obviously fake. Anyone, if you ever even read it, you would have seen it was garbage. And they disguised that. They didn't tell anyone in the media. Well, they didn't, I shouldn't say they didn't tell anyone in the media. Certainly the public wasn't aware of this as it was being shopped around. Allegedly, they lied to the FBI. And they made it um, easier for the FBI to lie to the court when they sought a FISA warrant based on the dossier. They all knew it was from the Clinton operation, but by keeping it away from the public, the court wouldn't have the full understanding of who was behind it, because the FBI said it was you know, someone who didn't like Trump, but they didn't say it was the Clinton campaign. So they settled the case. So the DNC and the Clinton campaign settled the case. They were fined um, a little over $100,000, which is obviously isn't big money for those entities. But it's a significant legal settlement in the sense that they lied. They were caught lying. And uh, rather than defend what they did on this core issue, they decided to settle. And what the law requires is that expenditures over $200, you, you, you have to describe them. And I'm going to read from one of the settlement documents here. Under, federal election campaign, under the Federal Election Campaign Act of 1971, political committees are required to report the name and address of each person to whom they make expenditures or other disbursements aggregating more than $200 per calendar year or per election cycle for authorized committees, as well as the date, amount, and purpose, purpose of such payments. Commission regulations define purpose as a brief statement of description or description of why the disbursement was made. The purpose of disbursement entry, entry per, the quote, purpose of disbursement, unquote, entry, when considered along with the identity of the disbursement recipient, must be sufficiently specific to make the purpose of the disbursement clear. So the commission had a finding that there was probable cause to believe that there was these violations of the law and the regulations. And so what happened is the Clinton campaign and the DNC said solely for the purpose of settling this matter expeditiously and to avoid further legal costs, respondent does not concede, or respondents, but will not further contest the commission's finding of probable cause to believe. So when they say they're settling it, they're settling it in a way of no contest. We're not going to challenge your finding that there's probable cause to believe you broke the law. Now, what does this mean? Well, it means they broke the law, practically speaking, or there's evidence they broke the law. And to me, the Durham should be investigating and following up on this on these crimes that are uh, evidenced in these filings. And we don't even have the full report yet. It's not going to be released for uh, another 30 days or so. And of course, Donald Trump, the president, is uh, President Trump had been su- had just sued Hillary and a whole host of others on these very issues. So that lawsuit is made a bit stronger as a result of this disclosure. 
So there's a lot of corruption here. And it shows you that the dossier just wasn't sort of a political game and there's no harm, no fall. No, it was criminal. The dossier uh, was used to obtain illicitly a warrant. The dossier uh, and uh, some of the work related to the dossier uh, was um, created by a Russian agent who worked for Fusion GPS, that he just made it up. He's being prosecuted by Durham, which is a crime. And the question is, is Hillary going to be brought in by Durham, or are these others going to be brought in by Durham? And it further highlights that the purpose of these crimes were to target Trump, and that Trump is a tr crime victim. He is a crime victim. They told the FEC, the Federal Elections Commission, in publicly available forms that are supposed to be accurate, we gave this law firm money for legal services. No, they did not. They were lying. They gave the part of the money to fund this smear operation, Fusion GPS, the smear operation. And they basically admitted it in these documents. So Durham needs to speed it up, move it along, bring Hillary in and everyone else. It's been three years since he's been appointed. He's do, done some good work recently, but it's just the tip of the iceberg in terms of what needs to be done. And along these lines, I want to tell you that there's a, uh, there was a hearing this week in the Sussman matter, who was the lawyer for Hillary Clinton's campaign, who went and lied to the FBI in another matter, uh, another smear related to Trump and Russia, or so has been alleged by Durham. And according to Politico, who covered the hearing, because uh, Sussman, the lawyer, is trying to get the case dismissed, uh, the Justice Department, Durham, uh, told the court that the Clinton campaign and the Democratic National Committee are hiding information from Durham's investigators, citing privileges. So while the government of uh, Joe Biden prosecutes people for citing privileges, namely Steve Bannon, while Congress, the Pelosi Rump Committee, wants to put people in jail for citing privileges to prevent testimony, you have Hillary and uh, her campaign, the Hillary Clinton campaign, Democratic National Committee, citing privileges in a criminal investigation of, of their lawyers' activities. Now, I saw that in Politico. I highlighted that on Twitter. If you're not following me on Twitter, you should. I forget all the good things I say on Twitter, and I don't. Sometimes I don't remember to say them all here online or on this video. So you should, you should track us on Twitter and Parler and Getter and True Social and YouTube and Facebook and Instagram, all of that. But unless you're watching my Twitter feed, you wouldn't have known about it. Not from anyone else in the media. I mean, Politico noted there was this battle here, but no one highlighted that you've got them trying to stop. Durham from getting information about what they were up to with Trump. Don't you think that's big news? I think it's big news. Clinton corruption hasn't gone away. It's still here and it's still being investigated by Durham, at least I hope it is, and certainly by Judicial Watch. Oh, I want to give you a brief update about something else uh, before I get into our next group of lawsuits. Uh, I told you last week how Judicial Watch had a significant victory for clean elections, 
were against election rigging in Maryland, where after a trial in which uh, we represented plaintiffs who were challenging a Maryland gerrymander by the Democratic legislature, gerrymandering is the jiggering of maps uh, to create partisan advantage generally in congressional uh, districting. The court found that it was an extreme gerrymandering under the Constitution of Maryland and threw it out. And uh, just now, uh, the court uh, evidently finished a hearing because uh, essentially the legislature had five days to come up with something new to get the process in place, and the Democrats came up with something new, a slightly better map, but whether it's sufficient under the law, as the court has delineated it, is an open question. So the question is what happens next? Uh, the court ruled that she can't do anything now because they just passed it. It hasn't been signed by the governor yet, so there's technically no map for her to bless, and the matter is under appeal. So they passed the new map while appealing her ruling. So the court said, well, there's nothing I can technically do, or she believed that there was anything she could technically do now. So we'll see what happens on appeal. We'll see what happens once Governor Hogan either uh, signs it or vetoes it, and whether that veto is overridden, and where things stand there. But the, the, the big point is, we won. We made uh, elections less, uh, well, in the end, it will be less rigging of elections in Maryland. Whether it's perfect or not is an open question. Uh, but the, the map that they had was an outrage. And I see, based on, frankly, our lead, uh, a New York court similarly threw out um, a partisan gerrymander in New York that was uh, you know, really an abuse of power as well. And again, it's not a question of parties in power. When you, when you have a party controlling a legislature and or the governorship of a, of a state, uh, they have a right to draw the congressional maps under our constitutional system. Uh, but you know they are constrained by the federal constitution, obviously, in terms of racial discrimination and things like that. And the, uh, there are state constitutional requirements that we highlighted in Maryland. And it, it's one thing to to kind of make it work best as you can within the law under your party, for your party. It's another thing to abuse your authority to essentially destroy the voting rights of your opposition in a way that's abusive. And that's what was going on in Maryland. And I don't know if they adequately fixed it or not under law. We're going to analyze it closely and, and, and figure out what's going on there. But this case isn't over because they're appealing it. Uh, but there's little doubt, based on my understanding of what's happening, that the terrible map in Maryland is going to be better in the end than it was um, than the current than the status quo. And the reason it's going to be better is in large measure thanks to Judicial Watch's lawsuit. Now, there was another plaintiff in the case, too, uh, that also uh, sued. And so uh, we were in trial with them as well. So they deserve credit. Uh, but I tell you, uh, Judicial Watch, again, doing the heavy lifting for election integrity, trying to stop 
illicit gerrymandering, trying to clean up the voter rolls, trying to protect voter ID, and as a segue into our next discussion, trying to expose the efforts of the Biden administration and the left generally to try to make it nearly impossible for citizens for fear of prosecution or worse, for asking questions about election integrity. I mean, we've been highlighting how the January 6th committee, the rump committee under Nancy Pelosi's house, and by rump committee, I mean it's illicit. It's not a real committee, in, the, in my view, the lawful sense of the word or the constitutional sense of the word. They're targeting all of their opponents. They're trying to jail people and encouraging the Justice Department to jail anyone who had questions about the election. I'm exaggerating a little bit, but not, unfortunately not that much. I mean, if there's a disputed election, you have rights under law and under a constitution and historical precedent to challenge it. And the left has decided that you are, if you're challenging results they like in elections, you're breaking the law and you should be jailed and prosecuted. And of course, that guarantees that if they uh, have a disputed election in 2022 or 2024 or in the future, it will mean that there will be less opposition or people calling it out for fear of being prosecuted. Well, I mean, and I'm serious about this threat of prosecution because the Justice Department, you remember when um, uh, Garland, uh, issued this memo and they followed up with the suggestion that there was parents questioning uh, CRT and other abusive curricula at the schools were terrorists. That just happened a month before the election that he threatened all those, all those parents exercising their core First Amendment rights. You remember, remember that, right? Well, did you also know they were similarly setting up the scheme to target people who were questioning elections and demanding election officials uh, disclose what they're doing and, and obey the law? Judicial Watch announced that we filed a FOIA lawsuit to find out what was going on there. It concerns a new task force set up to, quote, address threats to election officials, right? There was an August 2021 virtual meeting pertaining to threats to election officials. And we wanted all records created in preparation for, during, and pursuant to the meeting, all records depicting the invitees and participants in the meeting, and transcripts and summary of the meeting. What is so hard about getting that information? Well, now the Justice Department, who refuses to follow the law, and will prosecute you if you don't follow the law while refusing to follow basic transparency law, refuses to give us the documents. It was a bipartisan group, allegedly, of over 1,400 election officials to discuss, quote, mounting and persistent threats to the safety of election officials and workers across the country and introduced the DOJ's recently launched Election Threats Task Force, according to the readout of the virtual meeting. So a readout is, is a, selected, a selective description of the meeting. It, it's involved, it involves the Criminal Division of the Justice Department, the Civil Rights Division, and the National Security Division as well as the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security. So obviously, if, if there are crimes being committed at the state level, why is it all of a sudden a national issue? 
if there's any election official who truly is threatened. But we all know they're, they're, they're not concerned about election officials being threatened. Now, I, I'm sure there's a story or two out there that someone was illegally threatened. But obviously, that doesn't even, even matter to them. This is a pretext as part of their scheme to suppress opposition and questioning of elections. As I said in my comment, the Biden Justice Department appears to have been manufacturing another fake crisis of threats against government officials in order to justify targeting American citizens for exercising their First Amendment rights to demand election officials combat voter fraud and conduct free and fair elections. Now, if this was an honest operation, they would have given us these simple, these simple documents that we requested under law. What is the Garden, Garland DOJ hiding? I mean, we asked for these documents in August of last year. And now it's March, and we still haven't gotten anything. No excuses. And in my experience, when they don't give you the documents and play games like this, it means they have something to hide. Now, similarly, we're separately on a big, another major government corruption issue, which is COVID and the vaccines and the secrecy and scandal around all of that. Uh, Judicial Watch filed yet another lawsuit against another government agency, a government agency you likely haven't heard of, and frankly, I didn't hear of until we filed the lawsuit and saw the underlying FOIA within the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services for records on uh, a sub-agency's research into COVID-19 boosters. And the sub-agency is something that um, is uh, an important agency, but again, it has a lot of power that no one knows about. It's the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Authority, shorthand BARDA. And this group, um, it looks like, based on their website and other public information, uh, they were kind of coordinating and heavily involved in vaccine and vaccine booster research. And we asked for something very simple. All data and studies submitted by Pfizer and BioNTech to the FDA, and BioNTech was a, as, as an agent of um, Moderna. So we had a very simple request for all data and studies submitted to the FDA, including but not limited to BARDA. So we're really focused on this sub-agency relating to booster vaccinations for the SARS-2 COVID virus. Um, Now, you know there's been a lot of controversy about the desirability and needs and how well and how how, uh, widely boosters should be pushed been a lot of controversy. There's been fights within the government about what what should be done. And uh, the Biomedical Advanced Research and Development Agency provides, according to their website, an integrated systematic approach to development of the necessary vaccines, drugs, therapies, and diagnostic tools for public health medical emergencies such as chemical, biological, radiological, and nuclear accidents, incidents, and attacks, pandemic influenza, and emerging infectious diseases. So this is the go-to agency in HHS for getting this work done. And the American people deserve to know the data about COVID-19 vaccines and boosters, especially data hidden by a little known but powerful government agency or agencies such as this BARDA group. 
So we've asked for adverse event uh, communications about the vaccines. Were things going bad and what was going on and who was communicating about that? They're hiding that from us. The FDA, we've sued that. We're suing the Fauci agency for China and other COVID communications. We've been getting key documents there showing they were supporting gain of function. We're investigating everything with respect to COVID. And the vaccines. And it's not just investigating, it's suing in federal court. Because unfortunately, if the case is important and the issue is important and you, want, and you want to be confident that the documents have been given to you, this government is lawless, especially on transparency, and you got to sue. And that's why Judicial Watch is the number one watchdog in the world. We're the number one in the country, that's for sure, and there's nothing else like us in the world. And we're able to do this great work on election integrity, uncovering the COVID vaccine scandals and hidden secrets, investigating Hunter Biden's activities, investigating Joe Biden, investigating Hillary Clinton. We're second to none on that, for sure. And we're able to do it thanks to your support. So I encourage you uh, to uh, I encourage you to review the documents we're uncovering. Uh, look at the lawsuits we're filing, share the wealth of information, educate your fellow Americans, and of course support directly Judicial Watch's work. So as promised, no slaps during this, loss, during this uh, video. Uh, we don't engage in violence, we just pursue lawsuits and follow the rule of law. Uh, we're not the left and we demand accountability from our government and we do it thanks in large measure to your support. Thank you, and I'll see you here next time on the Judicial Watch Weekly Update. Thanks for listening to the Judicial Watch Weekly Update with Tom Fitton. For more information, visit www.judicialwatch.org because no one is above the law.